Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy! Hey, all my friends. <laughs> We're celebrating the book again. <laughs> Wee! Um, no, this time it's, it, it's even more special, right? No, but it's a much bigger publisher. That's exciting. Um, Ten Speed Press picked this book up from Dilettante Paper the day that it came out. <laughs> so that was pretty amazing. Um, there was a little article in the New York Times about the book, and someone saw it at 10 Speed Press, and 10 Speed Press is the West Coast arm of Penguin Random House, the largest publisher in the world. (laughs) So I feel very honored to be holding a book that is mine that they decided was good enough to make 11,000 copies of and send everywhere um, into every bookstore you can imagine. So that makes my heart swell with excitement because this book is a positive message that I'm just wanted to give to as many people as possible. So the fact that it now gets to be spread around so much really feels like, oh, it's working. People need it or it's something. I think people might need it. Um, The book is about making lists of things that you like. And usually I went on tour with the first edition and I usually do this little slideshow, but most of you already have seen that. So I feel like doing it again. So I'm just going to read some lists, um, a couple, one that I wrote tonight, because even after all these years of working with this book, I can still write lists of things that I like. In fact, I found myself unable to stop, and I was like, oh, I probably should stop, because I don't want to sit up here and just read about things that I like for this whole time. Um, Afterwards, maybe you all want to make a list of things that you like. I set this little table up over there so you can try it. Try it, because once you start, you'll feel so great. (laughs) Um, And after I read these lists, Mandy and I are going to have a little conversation about the book. Um, She's going to ask me questions. It's going to be really riveting. And then you can ask me any questions you want. And uh, then Shelby, who took all the photos in the book, Miss Shelby Duncan, she's going to sign with me up here. So if you want to get a book and have it signed, that's when that'll happen. Uh, All right, so... The, I'll read one from the, the book, and then I'll read one, the one that I wrote tonight. Uh, I like black ink, the idea of a soulmate, walking through heaps of fallen leaves, snakes and lizards, the first buds on a tree branch, giving compliments, collecting small things, naps, naps, lots of naps, uh, repetition, the sound of a photo being taken, glass bottle drinks, key lime pie, cotton clothing, making thank you cards, being on time, floral prints, house slippers. One thing that I always think about when I read these lists is how I'm reading this little tiny thing, but in my mind there's like an epically long story behind it, um, which I think is kind of what's so great about making a list is that you can write one little thing like that house slippers. I, I have so many house slippers. I mean, too many. Like, I think I have... 
eight pairs of house slippers, which, first of all, now I live in this hot city. Whoever needs a house slipper? But I also have a pair that my friend gave to me when I went to Istanbul, and I got there, and she was like, in my house, you don't wear shoes. You have to wear these slippers. She had, like, purchased a pair of slippers for me to wear in her home, and I brought them back, and I wear them all the time, and it just made me think of that. And I, I really like that about the lists, is that they're just, like, these little triggers, and I can go back over them and kind of suddenly have this great exploration of like all these different parts in my life just from something this tiny Um, and that is one of the many reasons why I made the book is because I have a collection of so many lists from so many years I mean maybe hundreds of lists and one day I just was like I've been making these lists for so long I have so many of them it must be important I mean it must be beneficial to me and I'm a human being so that means it can be beneficial to any human being (laughs) um and I'll go on now. <laughs> uh, knowing there is no such thing as the end. Big bowls of ice cream. Early to bed, early to rise. Although it says in here, early to be, early to rise. <laughs> I, I like that too. Uh, craftsmanship. Sitting in the same place daily to watch the sunset. A single song played over and over. Recycling wrapping paper. And first light. Um, And this is the list that I wrote when I got here today on that black typewriter over there. I like teaching people how to use the typewriter. Maybe I'll do that right now. When you sit down and use the typewriter later when you're making your list, press one key at a time and press them really hard like you mean it. You're not going to break it. Don't try and type on it like it's a computer. It's not. Um, And uh, only use the white paper because if you use the harder paper, it doesn't work well and you won't be able to see what you wrote. There's other things I could teach, but that's enough for you. Um, Eating fresh, ripe peaches three at a time. Today, I got acupuncture, and my acupuncturist gave me a giant bag of peaches when I left. And I was like, is this my life? (laughs) I ate so many of them. I ate three. Uh, Well-dressed folks. (laughs) Tending to each leaf of a houseplant. Making and eating homemade pie crust. Looking at a globe. I really like looking at a globe. And while I was writing this list, I suddenly was like, looking at a globe. And that just popped in my mind. Now, I cannot even tell you the last time I looked at a globe. But for some reason, while I was writing this, I was like, oh, yeah, a globe. I see it. I like it. <laughs> a mental exercise. <laughs> the, the book is multifaceted. That's what I'm getting at here. <laughs> um, balancing the length of a long fallen tree trunk. Peppermint ice cream, touching my toes in public. I like doing that because it reminds people you also can touch your toes. <laughs> um, or try to, at least. Uh, always having a book with me, going through old journals, getting new soles on my boots, searching the sky for birds or clouds or planes, carrying a not too full backpack, uh, not carrying anything. Those are. Go back to back there. Uh, Picking blackberries off a bramble vine. Moving bales of hay by myself. Has anyone ever done that? It requires a very specific lifting motion and a spinning motion. And I remember doing that and thinking, I could do this every day for the rest of my life. And this could be my job. And I'd be very happy. Um, It's not my job, but I can still think about it. Uh, um, Where was I here? The fact that I have never dyed my hair. I'm going to keep that up. 
maybe when I'm older I'll change my mind. Uh, notebooks without lines, old things, all of the old things. Tasting the ocean by sticking one finger in. Collecting tiny weapons. I have a very impressive tiny weapon collection. If you ever see a small weapon, please get it for me. I mean small, like tiny little guns and knives and things. Uh, Leaving hidden notes for loved ones and being alone in the morning. Now you guys know me so well, right? (laughs) So lots of little examples um, of... I mean, that's something that I think is really great about it. And every time I've done this and in public and people have written the lists, they'll end up writing all these things and people will share their lists and they'll have, they'll have the same things on their lists and they'll be connected and then everyone feels connected and, like, they know each other. And that kind of brings me back to the idea, like, you know, as a human, we're, we're, we're in this world and it's hard. <laughs> Days are hard. I've been having a hard time. And I can still sit there and make a list of things that I like and feel awesome. I mean, I've been really sick. I've been working a lot. Things have been really difficult. But I can sit down and think about the things that make me happy, and suddenly it works like a charm. So that's why I made the book, because I was like, oh, people need this if I need it. So now I'm going to bring Mandy up, Miss Mandy Kahn, to talk about this with me. Than I thought it was going to be. Is this on? Uh-oh. No, not really. Is it on now? Oh, now it feels on. Mm. No? It feels off? <laughs> How does it feel now? Oh, off. Oh, now I had to. Oh, that's too on. <laughs> too on. Hi, guys. I like this book. I love this book. Can I make mine? I love. Um, yes. I love this book. I love Jacqueline. I love watching Jacqueline on her typewriter typing poems as part of her poetry project poem store. I love looking at this table of typewriters that are ready to go. I love the fact that I'm going to get to sit there and make my first of these lists tonight. I like love that I get to be up here talking with you about this book that I like and love. <laughs> it's hard for me to stay on like. Can I just jump to love? Yeah, I always okay. people always say that, and I always say, well, you, you like everything that you love, so it's okay to say <laughs> okay. you love it. Um, well, thank you for having me today. I'm very excited to talk about this beautiful book and also to help celebrate it. Um, This process, focusing on individual-liked things, brings the list maker's attention to the small, ecstatic detail. Um, I believe that happiness lies in awareness of the small, ecstatic details. Did you mean to train readers to practice that process to bring attention to the ecstasy that lies in plain sight? Yeah, I mean, I think... I didn't know I was going to be writing. Uh, the book is filed under happiness self-help, <laughs> which I had no idea that I was going to be a happiness self-help author. <laughs> uh, but I am now, and I'm really happy to be that because it makes a lot of sense to me, even with Palm Store, everything that I'm doing is trying to draw attention to all the things that are worth celebrating and things that are, you know, there's so much depth in everything around me. And as a poet, 
I feel like my brain is just tuned right into that all the time. I'm always seeing some moment as something really important and something really deep and something that I can just, you know, feel ecstatic about. And so I thought, oh, well, these lists are sort of like a simplified version of that put into this really accessible format and with everything that I do with my artwork, everything that I do with my writing, everything is about accessibility for me. I want this to be able to affect my mother and you know the, a random person on the street and a child. So um, I think turning into this list format, you know how many times I do this and people are like, oh, I love to make lists. I mean, how many people like to make lists just in general? To-do lists, lists help you help you get your brain in order, you know, and if you can make a list that helps you get your brain into a more happy or positive state, well, that is just the ticket. (laughs) It does sound like the ticket. That's the (laughs) ticket I want. Um, Before I go further, if there's, there might be some people in here who don't know what Poem Store is. Can you catch us up and just give us a little is there anyone in here who doesn't know what Poem Store is? Um, okay, I, I we'll type poems it. for people. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I type poems for people on demand. They come up to me. I'm sitting there with my typewriter. They say a subject. I type them a poem. They give me a donation for it. It's usually an intensely emotional experience. People often cry, and it's been my only job for six years because of that man over there. Um, <laughs> yeah, everyone look at him. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I... That's my job. (laughs) So what are people's reactions after they've made their first list? Um, Do they, you know, get to describe that process to you? And what have you seen happen as they are starting to practice this process? I was kind of saying that earlier, setting these stations up. When I've been on tour, I went up the West Coast and did it a little bit on the East Coast. And people are, I mean... I've I've never been so surprised at, like, the (laughs) amount of time people will spend on making these lists. Every time I'm like, wow, they're still doing it. Like, (laughs) the party's still going. They're still, like, and they're all taping them up and sharing them, and they get all excited. So, I mean, you can see this enthusiasm happen. And and they get to use a typewriter, and some people have never used a typewriter. But also, they're like, oh, I'm engaging in this really positive process of exploring things that add meaning to my life. So... Doing that alone is one thing, and then getting to do that with other people is also really special. There's a whole part in the book that's about like being at a party and getting everyone to do this. Is like you ever want to break the ice at a party where you don't know anybody? Do that. <laughs> it's really it's a good thing to do. <laughs> the book is many things. <laughs> it teaches process. It's a record of that process for many people. It's a party game it's a I love how many things it is all in one Um, does the practice of list making change the way one focuses away from list making if this is a process that you if you make a list once a week a couple times a week does it change potentially how you interact with the world even on those other days I mean the the listing process for me just started to be like a natural part of my life. Like I was just always turning to make a list. I had writer's block. I would make a list. I felt like I was in a bad mood. I would make a list. I'm stuck in traffic. That's my favorite example. I'm stuck in traffic. There's nothing to like about that moment. Who wants to be stuck in traffic? Well, train your train your brain to like start noticing all the really interesting things around you. Like you like the song on the radio. You like the color of the car next to you. 
and you like the vines growing on the bridge embankment. This example, I think, is perfect because it's like suddenly your brain is just trained to notice these things. Instead of turning to make a list on a piece of paper, you'll just kind of be making a list all the time in your head, which is sort of what I'm doing. And that's why I like to relate it to poetry because it's this process that goes off the paper and out of the listing practice and just into this sort of like meditative experience and this expression of gratitude and noticing wow the world is plentiful like there's an infinite source of beauty to choose from there's an infinite source of inspiration it's just surrounding you all the time and it's usually in the smallest little details now you can think of it on this large macro scale but that's when things start to get difficult (laughs) so if you kind of focus on the smaller things within that you can find the example of everything I mean I think that that is a really like big idea but brought into the smallest thing it makes it again more accessible you can easily ask access all of the tiny details around you all the time. You can't always easily access the greater definition of happiness. So <laughs> self-help happiness book. See, I got it. <laughs> when you and I were talking about this book, you told me about a third grade class um, that had used this book as a in-class project. Can you tell us a little bit about how that third grade teacher brought this list-making process to the class and what happened there? Yeah, um, this is my friend who teaches school up in Humboldt where I used to live and she teaches third graders. And every day for a month she had them write a list of things that they would like. It's the first thing they would do when they got to class. They would sit down, write five things that they liked and she collected them all and then at the end of the month they had to go through their lists and pick their favorite one. And she made a little book out of them and gave it to me, which was really sweet. But I was like, third graders can do it. I was just like, this is a book for everyone. It kind of blew my mind. You know, I, 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 every time there's like an, another step of the way that it can reach people. And so, yeah, third graders, and they were so into it. Like at first it was really simple for them, but then because they were doing it every day, they just like, their little minds were expanding. And, you know, they ended up picking all these lists that were like really wacky. Like their lists that were like the farthest reaches of their imagination of the things that they could possibly like in the world. And I was... I mean, I have the book. It is incredible. It's like really blew me away to see these little kids kind of delve into this process of what it means to like something. Because it is, the word like is this like kind of, I mean, it's a pretty simple concept. You like something, you know, it seems like this sort of surface level thing. But if you can delve into what it is to like something, which I think is part of the problem with this whole social media concept is we're liking these things and we're not thinking about it. And the, there's a whole part of the book that asks you to ask why you like the things that you like. And I can see these kids doing that in their lists. Like, why, why do I like these things? And then they'd end up writing these little stories. Like, there's so much uh, that you can learn about yourself when you ask yourself why you like the things that you like. I mean, it might be a little scary, actually. You're like, why do, why do, I, why do I like this? I would really like to make an app that generates all of the things that you liked in a day on social media, and you can just see it as a, as a list and have to question yourself, like, whoa, what, what am I doing? Like, spending a lot of time clicking these things, and I actually have no idea why I like them. Or maybe it's like a treasure trove, and you're like, oh my gosh, I've been clicking on these pictures of Spain for a week. I should go to Spain. I like Spain. (laughs) Or, you know, some kind of exploration of self like that, which, you know, what you like says a lot about you. 
That was a long-winded answer. And like is the doorway to love. Yeah. You're just, once you like it, you're just one step away from loving it. And the more things you can love, the more love there is. Watch out. See? This is just a stair, stairway to love. Shows her. Um, that's why it's hard for me to say I like the book, because I just took the whole stairway. Mm. Don't I get hung up on that. that I love I, people it. always get hung up on that. <laughs> Every time I do a reading, someone's like, I want to love it. I'm like, you can love it. You also like it. <laughs> it's this, they go hand in hand. I, I, I can guarantee you don't dislike anything that you love, but maybe your family member or something. But Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, now but, I know something about you. <laughs> but that's, that's also, that's the, those can be the hardest things to get there, but if you can love that. You can love anything. Um, let's, let's talk about the obvious overlap between making a list of like things and writing a poem. Um, many of my favorite poems are basically that, just long lists of beautiful observations perfectly stated that add up to a larger epiphany. This component, the adding of these individual ecstatic perfectly observed elements is, in fact, the great majority of many of my favorite poems. Are you building poets with this book? <laughs> yeah, I'm building poets. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think most of the lists that people write end up being a poem, and I think that being a poet I also have most of my favorite poems are just like an observation of something really small and the grand design shown in this small detail. I kind of already talked about that a little bit. So yeah, I think that that is absolutely true. And I think that the the like real crux of poetry is to be able to like sit back in any moment and like see the depth of the world in front of you. And I think anyone can do that. There's you can train yourself to be better and better and better at it. But I think, you know, if you're a human being, you're here on the planet and you're surrounded by all of it. You have a brain, you have eyes, you have all your senses, hopefully. <laughs> Even if you don't, I think there's some part of you that can tap into something and express that, like, ecstatic reverence for it because you are alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, I love that this book will make the user say oh, I'm dazzled by what I just made. Whereas so often when you pick up a book that you love, you say, oh, I'm dazzled by what this writer was able to do. This is a book that will make the, the user say, oh, I'm dazzled at what I just did. Yeah, I mean, I think poem stores the same way. You chose the subject, mm. but you gave me the vibes. I don't know, it's, it was all you. I don't keep it, it's not about me, so... Why is the observation of the beauty in the present ecstatic? Why do we get raised to this ecstatic sort of point when we look at the small details around us? Um, like I, I think I just said that you can see the whole world in it. The, the giant entirety of being is right there in the little grain of sand or whatever you want to notice that you like you know the the way that you I in my list you know I notice a bird flying across the sky all right everything's moving everything's happening Every, you know we're all in it so it's a very big 
concept brought down into this one little detail, which makes it a lot like a lot easier to swallow, a lot easier to accept, a lot easier to celebrate. You can much easier, you know, it's much easier to celebrate something that you notice as beautiful or important than it is to constantly be putting yourself in the position to celebrate the entirety of being. That's a lot to ask of yourself to do every day, and uh, you can try to maybe do that once a day. You know, people do that all the time when they're praying, when they're like, you know, people are constantly trying to do that. But you can do that any moment you are celebrating something wonderful. You can do that any moment you are noting something of beauty or something that inspires you. So, many of my favorite moments in this book and on these lists are moments where the crack in the thing makes it more beautiful. There's this really beautiful picture of tree roots um, where they break the sidewalk and also it turns up in the list as well. Um, And it's that wabi-sabi moment that uh, sort of beauty, not in spite of the crack, but because of the crack, that I think is really inspiring and elevating in these lists. And I was wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit about the practice of wabi-sabi and um, how it comes in. Does everyone know what that is? <laughs> uh, wabi-sabi, it's def- the book is, I mean, oftentimes there's a, a, an example of wabi-sabi in every one of the lists. It's about noticing something that's imperfect, that is beautiful, which I think... So many things, maybe everything is imperfect. Um, Everything's wonky in some way. Everything's struggling. Everything's trying to exist. Everything's trying to be. And I think oftentimes noticing those things, those things as beautiful, those things as inspirational are the things that make you feel like, all right, I can be at ease because everything is wonky and weird and off. And that is what makes it so. So it's, uh, I, I think that, Everyone should read about wabi-sabi, <laughs> but you're, if you can get the concept down of just looking at something and thinking the imperfections are beautiful, then you're, it's going to be a lot easier for you to also enjoy the parts that are maybe possibly perfect. So, Have you always been a person who admires the cracks? Oh, yeah. When I was a little kid, I was like... <laughs> oh the milk spilled I'm going to look at it for 20 minutes it's so beautiful or like I'm going to sit in the side yard and rip all the little pieces off the plants and look at them it's destruction but wow it's beautiful or you know I'm an only child so I entertained myself quite often with things that were busted I mean I have this memory of this (laughs) my grandma getting me this necklace as a, a, a golden sand dollar I was like, wow, that's cool. And one day I took it in my room and just broke it in half because I wanted to see if it was real. (laughs) And I was like, it was real. (laughs) And I knew that it was real and it was still cool. And I wore it half on the necklace and my mom was like, you broke your golden necklace? I was like, yeah, it's a real sand dollar. I was just like unfazed by the fact that it was pretty much ruined. I just thought it was beautiful. So, And that's why you're Maude from Harold and Maude. (laughs) I am her. (laughs) Yet again. Um, so focusing on the present on the visible world seeking out its beauty describing the beauty of the world in a clear and compact way um, this really is a primer for how to be a poet except that the process is so unintimidating it's so approachable it feels um, the idea of sitting down and writing a poem can feel intimidating, whereas the 
process of sitting down to write this list feels to me so incredibly inviting. Um, did you, you know, did you mean to <laughs> yeah, teach people a, a process that would really welcome them in? Yeah, I meant, I meant to. Um, yeah, I mean, Shelby and I have done this uh, with some kids who have had some pretty hard lives, um, and doing this project in different zones, watching these kids who are like, I mean, they have had rough childhoods, and they I don't like anything. I mean, they're, you're probably like, yeah, it probably does feel like you don't like anything because your life has sucked. And then <laughs> 10 minutes later, they're like filling up the paper. It's like this thing, like anyone can slip into this idea of like finding the things in life that actually make you keep living. Um, and these kids are alive and well and they're going to school. They might have terrible home lives. They might have come out of a gang. They might have had this really rough existence, but they can still find beauty in it. They can still find something to enjoy. And that to me is like a phenomenal thing. Like when, when we did that, I was like, oh, this this book has this whole, this potential is infinite because if even these kids can sit down after this amount of time of feeling like everything sucks and then find a whole page of things that they like, I was, I was basically like, well, this, this book has to get to everybody because if that can happen for them, I mean, anything can happen for anybody. So (laughs) we, you, spoke very briefly about how this book relates to the liking that we do all day as members of the digital age, liking tweets and posts and pictures. Um, How is making a list like this from scratch, how does it relate to that kind of liking? How is it, how is it a unique process? It can be just as rapid fire. (laughs) You can be like liking, 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 liking on your phone for like 20 minutes. And you can also do the same thing on the piece of paper. You can be liking, liking, liking. You know, it can be really fast like that. But as opposed to this sort of like I was saying this removed version of liking things, you can be engaged with it. You can look back on your tactile list and you can say, oh, wait, why do I like that? Or, oh, that reminds me of all these things in my life. Oh, I just opened up this whole door of experience and memory that I maybe had forgotten there's a whole section in the book that's like it's called a memory exercise and I used to do that with these lists like I would just write memories down write little details that I thought were beautiful that I remembered of things that had happened in the past and I think that it goes like so many steps beyond just liking something and forget about forgetting about it like you you don't forget about it because you have this paper and 20 years from now you can pull it out and look at it and be like all right, all that stuff. Whereas opposed to, I you know, probably liked a hundred things on the internet today and I can maybe remember two. And I think that that really says something. There's something much more substantial in knowing what's going on and being aware in general. So uh, doing this thing that you're not aware of all the time and not having any way to reference it or any way to like connect to it, tactile, nothing, you know, it's just this kind of void that gets lost. I think there, that's the difference is like holding awareness. And that's why I wish there was that app so you could go back and be like, oh, right, okay, I can connect to all of this. I can deeply understand why I clicked that little heart and that little thumbs up thing a million times today. That feels really good. <laughs> 
Yeah, yes, because the longer you focus on the process of liking and interrogate it, the longer you spend in the process of liking, which just spreads it out and makes it even more powerful. I also love how making these lists from scratch is a creative act and a conjuring rather than coming from a place of passing judgment, you know, do I like this or am I skipping this? Like, does this move it? Does it to, oh, I'm starting from a blank page and I'm, you know, participating in the process of creation, which excites me as a user as a user of this book. I'm a big fan of fine art photography of the natural observational school. So, you know, the Nan Goldens and Bill Eggleston's and Stephen Shores of the world, the photographers who seem to be doing a similar process with their cameras, bringing attention to the beauty that's already in plain sight. Is this list-making sort of a written form of, of you know, what a photographer like that might be practicing uh, with a camera? Um, yeah, I mean... For any of you who have looked at the book, it's full of Shelby's photos. And when I was making the book, I didn't think of it as like this art book. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make an art book and this is what it's going to be. But one day I was hanging out with Shelby. I was at her house and I was like, I want to use your photos in the book. She's like, oh, well, I have all this archive of all these photos that I'm never going to use for anything. They're just here. You know, you can pick from them and do what you want with them. They're just kind of random from random rolls of film. They're left over from trips that I took or parties or moments that I had. And I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> and so I sat there and basically it was just making a list of likes with the photos. I was like, oh, okay, this photo has this beautiful little detail. It was like a random thing captured. And I could pull from all of it, and that's where all the photos from the book came from. I found things that were already on some of my lists in the photos. I, it was really easy for me to translate these images into a list form. I always think that it would be nice to have some sort of like website that has a photo pop up, and you have to... like make a list and name all the things that you like from it. I've done that in classrooms with kids. Like, I'll hold up a photo, and they'll all make a list based on this one photo. And, I mean, the things that they find that they like in the photo are things that I would never have even seen. I mean, they're just, like, ideas and things that are inspiring just from one single image. So that idea of a photographer taking a photograph of something that they like. I mean, something, it, it, that's what it is. It, it's, it may be something that they like for whatever reason, something that moves them, something that's disturbing, something that inspires them in whatever way, but it is like a visual capture of a list. And I've had a lot of different photographer friends of mine like take a photo and make a list from their own photo and be like, oh, let me think about the depth of this process. What What does this evoke in me? What meaning does it hold? Like, what do I like about it? And it can be something really simple you know I'm this this whole thing sounds like this really big idea but it also is just really simple sometimes you just like something you don't have to know why sometimes it just inspires you it looks beautiful the light on something it's beautiful it's not no further than that and I think a lot of times a photo can hold like 15 of those things in it so I like love Shelby's amazing photographs in this book and I like love that I can see Shelby doing undergoing the same process in her you know capturing of these images that I see you doing in words I can see how she's why she's zooming in on someone's amazing 
braid or ponytail, you know, in a in a particular photo. I can see her doing it visually as I can see you doing it in words. Um, I I would choose to work on a project with a friend over anyone else in the world. How how was the process of working with such a good friend? Um, You know, you and Shelby have been friends for many moons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and even just the process of every part of this book has been friend-based. I mean, like, from the way that the book came into be with dilettante paper, like, these are all my friends. I'm part of dilettante because they're my friends, not because they're strangers, not because I, like, you know, applied for something or tried to, like, win some award. No, these are just people who I want to make things with. They're people who inspire me. Like, Mandy is just my friend. I just wanted to talk to her about it because I knew that she would be present and, you know, understand the process and be excited about it. And I think that a lot of times, like, making something, like, making a book or like making a book is no small feat. This took me forever. It's a lot. It's like, you have to really be dedicated and to make it with your friends is, I mean, it's just so much more of a relief. You get to be like at ease. And even the process with this book being picked up by this bigger publisher, I was led to that by a friend. I mean, I was led to that because someone got a poem at poem store and they brought their friend and he wrote the little article in the New York Times and everything, you know, it happens because of the people who you love and care about, the people who you hold close. And I think that's really important to remember because sometimes publishing something can seem like this crazy endeavor, this thing that you have to wait and work really hard for. But I have two books and each time it wasn't hard. It was a long process to create it, but it was just this great kind of natural flow of like, I'm going to work with this person and I'm just going to make the thing. I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to fly to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Louisiana and hang out with my friend Laura Theobald for a week who I have known since I was in fifth grade and she designed the whole book with me and we like stayed up you know we worked all into the night for this whole week-long process and it was so incredible it was so much fun and it was hard I mean it wasn't like and the book just made itself no we like sat there and like painstakingly worked with each page and asked each other questions but because she's my friend it's just so nice it's like yeah I get to hang out with my friend and make something and work really hard on it um so make whatever you want to make (laughs) it can be in the world just bring it out it doesn't matter how it comes just make it (laughs) that yes (laughs) that is absolutely an applause break moment um i love the spirit behind how this book came to be which was jackie made it she made it with friends put it out and then it ended up just going viral in the book world in a very organic, beautiful, and natural way. And because of that, it holds this real energy of that natural creation in it. And because it sort of found its way from that original form, when it went to the larger publisher, they did, did they give you any notes they or any they changes? They didn't change it, <laughs> which I was I was really surprised by. Um, no, they didn't change it. They they made it a tiny little bit smaller and a little fancier, but they didn't ch- take anything out of it. So, so it's pure Jackie. <laughs> which and it might not. Who knows if it would have been that way if they had come on in the beginning or if they would have taken their red pen. Oh, the dreaded red pen, but there's no red pen anywhere, anywhere here. And so 
I just want to take a moment to celebrate that attitude of just make the thing. I think it's so beautifully uh, illustrated here. Um, This is my last question for you. I believe that this process makes people happier. Did you make, did you mean to make a book that would make people feel better or is this book medicine? Uh, Well, both. Um, I think that, (laughs) well, it's funny because I can sit up here and I could give you a pep talk for a really long time. I, for some reason, am very good at giving pep talks. (laughs) The book is a pep talk. I think that like every poem I write is a little pep talk. It's never a negative thing. I'm always like, you can do it. It's going to be okay. You know. So I think that that is medicine. Get it? Having someone give you a pep talk is medicine. But I also think that for me, everything that I do, and this is like a very, this is I'm exposing my deepest self, but everything that I am doing here is I'm trying to heal people and help people because I want to make the earth a better place. I am uh, an ecstatic earth worshiper. I love the earth deeply. Um, I would do anything to help the planet thrive. And that means I have to make people better because people are ruining the planet. Um, (laughs) Very much so. So I think to me, if people could feel better, if people could be more engaged with the beauty that surrounds them, if people could be more engaged with the infinite bounty that is this place we are in and that the details of delight are endless, if people could remember that and be like, oh, that is what I lead with in my mind, then I think maybe they would not only feel better and be better, but like behave better and treat each other better and treat the planet better and... That's just what I'm trying to do, one poem at a time, one book at a time. Um, I think everyone is in service to something. I don't think that this is like some holy rolling mission that I'm on. I think everyone is in service to something. And I just have asked myself the question, what do I serve? And I serve the earth. So through doing things like this, this book, and trying to like help people and inspire people and make people feel better, I am in turn trying to help the earth. So now you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me. Thanks for having me back. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.